Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 362. Today is March 28th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Today, I want to do a quick episode and I want to focus on a question I've received from a lot of people. This is something that I've been warning about for a long time, and it's why bond funds can lose money. And effectively, again, this is what I've talked about for many years now about how bonds are not safe. Certainly not as safe as Wall Street implies them to be. We'll get into all this in a second. Just in terms of a quick market update, specifically when looking at the S&P 500, year to date, as bad as everything has been, and I could run down the litany of things, the never-ending COVID, inflation, Federal Reserve raising interest rates, extremely high energy oil gas prices, and geopolitical instability with Russia invading Ukraine, even with all that, in the last three months, S&P 500 is only down year-to-date less than 4.7%. I never like to see the market go down, but it goes down all the time. The market never goes straight up and to the right. There's always variability. There's always volatility. And to me, the optimistic side of me looks at this and says, man, they've thrown everything at us, including the kitchen sink. And yet, year-to-date, S&P 500 down less than 4.7%. Now, other indexes have done worse. The S&P 500 pretty much at its lows put in an official correction, being down more than 10%. Things like the NASDAQ, the mid caps, the Russell 2000 small caps, they pretty much more or less, depending on which of those indexes, they went into a full bear market status. But again, the optimistic side of me says, hey, it looks like possibly... We could have put in a market low, and if we did, things really weren't all that bad. You can look at all those indexes I just talked about. Most of them look like they are now firmly above established mid- and long-term levels of support. And that doesn't mean that tomorrow they'll be making all-time new record highs. But it does mean that we're pretty much within the range of where the market's been over the last six months or so. And again, when you consider all the series of unfortunate events that have rolled out in the last you know, three months, that's not too bad. And in fact, the point I want to make today is that not only is it not too bad, but if you compare the S&P 500 to most bond funds, you'll see that although the S&P 500 is down a little bit year to date, those bond funds are down more. And in some cases, depending upon the duration of the bond, it's down significantly more. That comes as a great surprise to a lot of people, but it shouldn't. The reason it does is that Wall Street always talks about bonds as being, quote, safe, and how you should have a balanced portfolio where a certain part of your investment should be in bonds. Generally, the formula that they use is your age. So your age would represent the percent of your portfolio that should be in bonds, and that's to have a age-adjusted level of risk built into your portfolio. That's essentially the concept behind these target date retirement funds. As a side note to that, take a look at those funds, look at the annual management fee on those target date funds, and compare it to a pure index fund like the S&P 500. You'll generally see that those retirement target dates are more expensive, and in a lot of cases, a whole lot more expensive than a simple index fund. I personally would always recommend the index fund. A lot of reasons for that, but The big reason is what we're discussing in this episode, which is that bonds are not safe. 
specifically bond funds. How about I digress? Let me jump back here and talk about that age-adjusted risk for your portfolio. So the, the Wall Street narrative is that if you're 90 years old, 90% of your portfolio should be in bonds. If you're 20 years old, 20% of your portfolio should be in bonds. That gives you a balanced approach. Well, I think that's a myth. I think it oversimplifies a very complex situation. But like all myths, it does have an element of truth to it. And the truth has been bonds have almost always over these last 40 years presented at least some level of safety over the general market, not because bonds are intrinsically safe, but because over the last 40 years, interest rates have either been in decline or stagnant. Now, the era of declining interest rates is likely over, and that's why for a number of years I've been warning that bonds are not safe. Now, there are many aspects of why bonds aren't safe. There's the element that the issuer of the bond could default. There's the real rate of return where inflation could be significantly higher than the interest rate the bond is paying out. So, I mean, so there's a number of factors, but the one that I want to focus on today is the factor that I think is most important for the environment we're in and the environment we're likely going to be in. And that's that interest rates are either going to remain stable or continue to rise. Now, they've already risen quite a bit since the COVID hysteria which is specifically why, right now, bond funds are losing money. And the bottom line on all this is that the price of a bond is inversely proportional to the interest rate. So as interest rates go up, the value of the bond goes down. And as interest rates go down, the value of the bond goes up. That's why over these past 40 years, as we've seen declining interest rates, even if the interest rate that was being paid out was not substantial or in real terms if it was you know even just barely above the rate of inflation because rates kept going down the principle of the bond kept going up and that offset any factors of inflation now i can't predict the future so i don't know exactly where interest rates are headed but if you look at the lows that we had in i believe it was august of 2020 where the 10 year treasury hit something like 0.5% which was the lowest in recorded history. I think unless there's a major disaster around the corner, that we're likely not to see rates that low. And while I would argue, and I've always argued, that I don't think we're going back to the significant Volcker era interest rates of, say, the uh, early to mid-80s, where we saw double-digit interest rates, I don't think we're headed there. I don't think we're headed to stagflation or hyperinflation. But I do think that we're going to be significantly above the lows or maybe even the mean or the average that we saw during the COVID hysteria, which would put us kind of where we're at in the range now. I think the 10-year treasury can easily be in the range of 3 to 5% without the economy totally collapsing. That would mean that borrowing costs would be significantly, significantly more expensive than they are now and that they have been over the last few years. But on a valuation basis, and this is why I say what I say here, I'm not saying this because it's a guess or it's an emotional appeal. It's simply based on the fundamentals. A 5% 10-year treasury puts the net present valuation on money at about 20 times. Well, right now, you'll hear a lot of people say, the S&P 500, it's crazy valuations, dot-com bubble, blah, blah, blah. Well, really, it isn't. Yeah, it's gotten high. It's a little concerning. 
But right now, depending upon how you calculate forward earnings, because we don't know exactly where they're going to come in at, but you can make a reasonable assumption that right now the S&P 500 is valued somewhere between 18 and 21 times forward earnings. And the 10-year treasury is just slightly below 2.5%. So I'm talking about a 5%, which would be twice as much or 100% increase in the current interest rates right now. That would put the valuation of bonds, specifically U.S. Treasury, the benchmark, at about a 20 times earnings, which would put it on par to where S&P 500 earnings are now. And if you think that the number I'm throwing out is incidental or not correlated between valuations on the S&P 500 and real long-term valuations on the 10-year Treasury, then go back over these last 50 or so years and specifically about the 80s through the mid-2000s, and you'll see that they correlate pretty darn close. And that's really where that 16, 16 and a half time average valuation from the S&P 500 comes from. The reason that we've seen such a high valuation on the S&P 500 is what I've been talking about for years. It's because we've had such an extremely low interest rate environment, an interest rate environment that through most of that time has been artificially manipulated by the Federal Reserve. Artificially low interest rates means artificially induced higher valuations for stocks. But it doesn't mean that we're in an end-of-the-world market crash dot com overvaluation. Because remember, I'm talking about a valuation on the S&P 500 that's around 20 times. And that's where bonds would be if they doubled from here. But right now, with the 10-year Treasury being right around 2.5, which is still significantly higher than it's been any time in the last two years, the 10-year Treasury's bond valuation is 40 times. Remember, the S&P 500 is somewhere between 18 and 21. So does the S&P 500 have a high valuation? It sure does, but it's still about half of what bonds are. In fact, rates right now are higher than any time that they've been since April of 2019. What's that, three years? And although they could go higher, I don't think they'll go significantly above 5% anytime soon unless we do get into some type of a long-lasting hyperinflation environment. And the reason I don't think that they can go significantly above 5% or for that matter really even get much to or beyond 5% is if you look over the last more than 20 years, so more than two decades, being at or above 5% has only occurred about maybe 25 or less percent of the time over these last more than 20 years. And in fact, the last time interest rates on the 10-year Treasury have really even been at 5% was before the financial crisis. So you've got to go all the way back to 2007 before we even get to the last time that we hit 5%. And prior to that, rates were only at that level for very minimal periods of time since the terrorist attacks of 2001. So essentially, over the last 30 years, to get to a midpoint of around a 6% at best interest rate, you know, you're going all the way back to pre-2000. So I don't know exactly where rates will settle in, if we'll settle in at 3%, 4%, 5%, but at some point, rates will settle in just like they always tend to, and they'll trade in that range. And in fact, if you go back and read my book, The Robots Are Coming, which, wow, I guess it's been five years ago that I published that book, I made the argument in there that because of technology, 
and also because of demographics, we could be in a long-term depressed interest rate environment. And where a lot of people think that that's impossible because of what we've seen post-World War II, the fact of the matter is that if you go back to the reconstruction that followed the Civil War, all the way up to just before World War I, the U.S. economy was in that long-term, fairly stable, very low interest rate environment. And this is at a time when we saw major expansion and growth in the U.S., driven by two primary factors. Number one, an increase in population, and more importantly, an increase in technology, right? This is basically the flourishing of the Industrial Revolution took, occurred during this period of time. Now we are in that third or fourth or fifth industrial revolution. Depends on how you want to look at it. Again, that's what my book was all about. But the wild card and the thing that's different this time is that we have declining global population. That's likely to maybe keep interest rates even lower than they were during that 90 or so period of years from the Civil War to World War I. Haha, <laughs> but I digress. Okay, final point here. Bond values are inversely proportional to interest rates. If interest rates go up, bond values go down. If interest rates go down, bond values go up. Right now, year to date, what I say earlier, S&P 500 is down less than 4.5%, 4.6%, something like that. Well, the 10-year treasury is up some 35 or so percent. And so depending upon what duration bond fund you're in, you're most likely losing money. And just as a simple comparison... Looking at the 20-year U.S. Treasury bond, and that's a simple comparison because that trades under a ticker symbol of TLT, which is an ETF that tries to track that 20-year Treasury. But with interest rates being up some 35% and the S&P 500 being down 4.5%, 4.6%, the 20-year Treasury ETF is down by more than 12.5%. So think about that. Remember, bonds are supposed to be safe. How can they be safe if that during this crisis time that we're in, where the S&P 500 is pulled back 4.5%, 4.6%, how can a bond fund that's 20 years, that's U.S. government guaranteed, that's supposed to, quote, be safe, how can that be down over 12.6%? And again, depending upon your duration, you may find that your bond fund year-to-date is down significantly more. The fact of the matter is, bonds are not safe. It's a myth that Wall Street perpetrates, and I won't go into the reasons why they do that. I'm sure you can figure them out on your own. But like any investment, whether it's bonds or the stock market or crypto or real estate, whatever you're investing in, everything comes with a risk, and you should always invest with caution. Hey, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.